Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 401. Well, I'll tell you, I think it came from um, my parents. Uh, never give up. And, you know, if, you, if you've if you seen the movie Dust to Glory, you know, we use that in there, and that was kind of the theme that went through it. And that's, that's the truth. You've got to get to the finish line. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Sal Fish. Sal, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Definitely. It's going to be an e-ride. I think you got to be buckled up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little scared this morning. Uh, and for you listeners, you're going to find out why here. I'm taking a, a, a little drive through the desert with a very, very off-road-oriented guy. Let's say that. So we'll have some fun. Sal Fish is a retired CEO and president of SCORE International, the leading sanctioned body in the sport of desert racing. The SCORE race series includes the Baja 1000, the Baja 500, San Felipe 250, Prime 300, Laughlin Desert Challenge, and Las Vegas Terribles Cup. That sounds like fun. He first raced in Mexico in 1970 and then started his entrepreneurial career in desert racing in 1973 when he was recruited by the late Mickey Thompson, founder of SCORE International. Fish brought innovation to SCORE, organizing class rules, implementing safety procedures, and he transformed the Baja 1000 into one of the most recognized motorsports in the world. If you haven't heard of the Baja 1000, I don't know where you've been. So, Sal, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your incredible career and, of course, your passion for automobiles and off-road racing? Well, Mark, first of all, it's a pleasure having the opportunity to talk to your audience. Uh, it's uh, a real thrill to be on the show. Thank you. And I understand I'm the uh, 401st guest. Yeah. And I think that's kind of kind of fitting from the standpoint that uh, I sold my company just about after 40 years of starting it. So oh, wow. 40 plus one here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Interesting. It's, it's kind of a long shot. But anyway, no, yeah. I've... Uh, uh, you know, it's it's a unique experience to be involved in any form of motorsports, first of all, as far as I'm concerned. And I've always said, you know, people ask me what I do or what my job was and things of that nature. And first off, I never considered it as a job. This was something that people dream about all week that I was doing every day of the week. 
as a, a passion and, and an exciting thing. And it, it truly is exciting to have the opportunity to be with racers, not only uh, from the standpoint of emulating and creating a sport, because that's what Mickey Thompson and off-roading really did. We created uh, a new form of motorsports that was very unique from the standpoint we just didn't go left or right or straight or for a quarter mile. We did everything, you know, through the desert, off-road, pine forest, sand washes, silt beds, rain, snow, 130-degree heat, left-hand turns, right-hand turns, booby traps, you name it. So we incorporated (laughs) everything there is, and it's obvious that it worked because we have received over the years just about almost every other form of motorsports and active sport participant come into our sport. Whereas, let's face it, if I wanted to be a Formula One driver, I better start when I got out of my mother's womb. <laughs> yeah. Well, in off-roading, you know, you could start at any time in your in your career of wanting to do something in motorsports. You don't have to be a gearhead. You just have to want to experience and talk about things with your friends because it's really bragging rights. And that's what we created. It's a fun deal. Yeah. You know, you touched on a really important point, And those people out there that don't know this, I I bet you could name off any famous race car driver from any venue and they have participated. And that's what's amazing to me. When I Google your name and type in images, I see you standing next to just about every great race car driver that ever got behind the wheel of any kind of car. You know, there's a lot of race car drivers out there and motorcycle racers out there. I think what we're really saying is in almost every form of motorsports, we've had a participant from that. You know, we've had the best of the best. You know, we've had guys from Formula One. We've had guys from Indy. We've had guys from NASCAR, from drag racing. We've had uh, downhill ski racers. We've had jalopy derby. You name it. I mean, anyone that's involved in, in, in some form of motorsports says, gee, my grandfather raced in the Baja 1000, or I've always dreamed about it, or, or, you know, custom car builders. I mean, it's crazy. And then we've had, you know, movie stars, uh, football players, baseball players, uh, lawyers, uh, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, priests, uh, you name it. They've all come through the doors of SCORE, and they've all had a great experience. I mean, it really, truly is. And it's one of those things that you might do it once and say, okay, you know, I hate the trite saying about the bucket list, but it was on my bucket list and I crossed it off, yeah. or you're hooked, yeah. uh, you know, and all yeah. of a sudden, like so many exciting things, this is your passion now, and it becomes a family endeavor, you know, the whole family, and that's what I really, really liked about what we created back there in the early 70s with Mickey. This was something that anyone could do, and it was geared towards the family. You know, in those times, things were kind of crazy in our country. You know, uh, a lot of people were not just communicating with their kids, and there was a lot of crazy things going on. This sport really brought them together where you could meet at someone's house during the week and work on your car. You could do it, uh, you know, yourself. You didn't have to have a factory sponsorship or anything. We had those, but, I mean, you know, it was for the average guy that could come in and have a great time. And I think we created that. And it's still going on today, but it's still a sport in motorsports that 
anyone that wants to come in could get involved. We have plenty of classes, or we had, excuse me. I, it's not my baby anymore, <laughs> but, you know, there's there's plenty of classes that if you want to spend $10,000 or if you want to spend, you know, $2 million on a score trophy truck, there's a place for you to race. Yeah, it's really fantastic. And I've had many guests here on Cars, yeah, that, you know, a couple come to mind is uh, Mickey's son, Danny Thompson, has been sure. on my show, which uh, he talked a little bit about those days back when he was a kid and his dad was doing this. And, of course, uh, the gentleman who introduced us, Marty Fiolka, was on the show just sure. a few weeks ago. So uh, it really is a culmination of some wonderful people, amazing venues, a beautiful part of the world down there in Baja. I, I grew up in Southern California, spent many a a time down on the beach surfing there and even did a a little (laughs) pre-run with a guy who raced in one of your races years ago. I I think after about uh, 30 minutes, I wanted to get out of that car. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) or either put me in the driver's seat. It's a lot more safe feeling than being in the passenger seat, but it was sure fun. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here and kick up a little sand. So Sal, take the wheel. Well, I'll tell you, I think it came from uh, my parents. Never give up. Mm. And, you know, if, you, if you've if you seen the movie Dust to Glory, you know, we used oh, that yeah. in there. And that was kind of the theme that went through it. And that's that's the truth. You've got to get to the finish line. You know what I mean? And that's yep. what I love about our sport. It's not that you break and you just pack up and go home and come back the next weekend at some circuit track. This is something you want to get to the finish line. That's what you came down there for, whether it's another 50 miles or 950 miles to get to the finish line. You do everything you can to fix that vehicle or motorcycle, and your team helps you, and you could do it all along the way and get to the finish line. And I think there's nothing that you can't do, you know. It, it Wait five minutes, and it's either going to get worse or it's going to get better, you know. <laughs> I, I, and that's the, the way I kind of look at my life. I yeah. said, you know, there's nothing out there that if you're an honest person and you're and you're really concerned about what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing, if you just pursue it and continue to go down a straight road, you know, and even though we got a lot of curves and jumps in our sport, but you, you want to get to that finish line, yeah. and that's the important thing. You know, and it's a great mantra. It's a great success quote for any endeavor you're partaking in in life or your business is just don't give up. You're going to hit some ruts. You're going to hit some rocks. You're going to flip over. You're going to have some disasters. If you really believe in what you're doing, just keep persevering that tenacious effort of a a off-road racer or any kind of racer or anybody in business really holds true there. Would you share with me a story that instigated your personal passion for cars? I'd love for you to Sure, as you recall it, that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that Sal was a car guy. Well, you know, <laughs> Mark, you know, as far as a car guy, you know, when I, I think I've been involved since the, well, my dad owned a garage in, in downtown Los Angeles. He was a mechanic and he had a real fine garage with about 10 employees. And I have three brothers. And my dad never wanted us to be a mechanic or work in the garage. He all wanted us to get an education and do something other than what he did. He thought it was really hard work, and he figured, you know, there was another way to make money and to uh, do something in your life. So we all had the opportunity to go to college, but all of us at one time or another worked down at the garage, summer vacations or after school or whatever. And none of us were really what I would call gearheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was, you know, a mechanic. He wasn't, he was not race orientated. It was a business. He loved it. And he created this shop of his that was very honest and had a great clientele in Los Angeles. So it was not the 
sizzle of the steak, so to speak, that I think you talk to the normal guys that you interview. You know, mm-hmm. this wasn't a thing where I just, you know, my dad took me to a car race and I, you know, had to get in a car and race. Yeah. I, that was not really the truth. So I went to work after I graduated from the University of San Francisco waiting to go into the service, which fortunately or unfortunately, I was 4F, so mm-hmm. I never did. And I was getting up, like you were mentioning, surfing. I was living at home. I came back from San Francisco, lived at home with my folks, and I was getting up and going to 22nd and Hermosa Beach and body <laughs> surfing with my buddies. Cool. And my dad was getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning going to work. And yeah. that went on for about a month. And I said, you know, Dad, I want to come down and help out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't, you know, I had a degree in industrial relations and you know, I, I didn't even know what I wanted to do, you know, because yeah. I thought I was going to go in the service, you know, so I didn't even pursue anything. Well, I ended up spending almost four and a half years at my dad's shop, and I went to carburetor school, and I went to brake school, I went to transmission school, and I kind of took over his shop for him. Oh, okay. And during that surfing period, I met uh, a good friend of mine that used to go down at the beach on Sundays because I was working every day then, and I'd go down on Sunday morning instead of during the week. And he was a friend of the publisher of Carcraft Magazine at Peterson Publishing. Oh, cool. And uh, he said to me, he says, you know, Sally says, you know, you're not a mechanic. Why don't you? I, I, I got a guy that he needs an advertising salesman, and I, I introduce you to him, and you'll have a great time. It's a good company and everything. I said, I don't know anything about advertising or how to sell an ad in a magazine. <laughs> well, bottom line is I went down, interviewed at Peterson Publishing Company, Dick Day, who was then the publisher of Carcraft Magazine, which is a drag racing magazine at that uh-huh. time. And, you know, Peterson was at that time the largest special interest publication in the world, you know, with Hot Rod and Motor Trend and Teen oh, yeah, and Wine and Guns and Ammo and, you know, <laughs> Hot all, all the publications, you know. So bottom line was I started to work as a ad salesman for CarCraft, and hmm. that put me into the drag racing market in Southern California, and Dick Day at that time was just a incredible person. He introduced me to, you know, every because he was very known in the industry. He'd worked for Peace for a long time, and he was friends of Carol Shelby and Penske and cool. uh, George Hurst and all these, you know, um, Dean Moon, Offenhauser. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I could go on and on. And he <laughs> took me in as his right-hand guy and said, hey, this is Hal Fish. This guy's going to be calling on you. He's really a great guy and blah, blah, blah. And through that experience, I really got an incredible education in a very short time of the industry uh, of drag racing and motorsports and and the who's who of everybody. And then he took me back with him to uh, Detroit and introduced me to the general managers of the car companies, you know. And Mm -hmm. from that, I went from car craft salesman to hot rod salesman, then became the publisher of car craft, then became the publisher of Hot Rod Magazine. So I had a a unique experience around motorsports. So being the publisher of the number one automotive magazine at that time in the world and the youngest publisher at Peterson Publishing Company and very good friends of Bob and Margie Peterson who owned it, they really treated me like a son also uh, and took me in. And it gave me an opportunity to be in a position to really, really, I mean, I I was blessed. I mean, what a lucky opportunity. And so that's how I really got involved. And that that brought me down to Baja because we were covering the event when uh, Nora was in charge before they were asked to leave the country. And that's how I got involved. And I, I fell in love with Mexico. 
I fell in love with the people that were there, the excitement and the adventure. You know, we there was no such thing as the word extreme sports. We were doing it, but we didn't know it. <laughs> you didn't you know, know it, I yeah. Mean, that, we had no clue, you know, <laughs> that's what the hell was going on. And then, then you know, I never thought, you know, I was happy as hell as publisher of Hot Rod Magazine. I had a great, great opportunity there traveling the world, really, and doing whatever I wanted to do in motorsports or the automobile industry. Because, you know, you said you were the publisher and wanted to come in and do an article on a widget or on a new car. Man, they thought they were going to be on the cover, yeah. and they would open you with, you know, welcome R. Of course. Bottom line is uh, that led me in through Mickey, who saw the opportunity there. And I had met Mickey because of covering the things that he was doing as as an innovator in, you know, the industry and racer and everything. And it it just happened. So I never, in the wildest dream, which I've had a number of interviews with business magazines and things of that nature. And the guy always says, well, what was your business plan? <laughs> yeah, what was well, your I, plan? What business plan? <laughs> yeah. I hey, I, my business plan was get up in the morning and have a great time. Yeah. You know? I didn't have that type of a, you know, a plan. So it's, it's incredible what happened, how it happened, uh, the journey that I went through for almost 40 years. I feel that I am one of those guys in life that truly is lucky. I didn't have a job. It was hard as can be. There's no question about it. Dealing with egomaniacs, which are racers. Come on, anybody that puts a helmet on and gets in a vehicle <laughs> or on a motorcycle, that's a unique breed of people. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to control them and tell them what to do, right? Good luck. And, <laughs> and in a foreign country, oh, you know, yeah. which is very unique. So I feel that I just had the greatest opportunity I feel that I was a guest and, and, and feel blessed that the Mexican government and Mexican people embraced me mm-hmm. and allowed me to put on this major, major promotion. You know, I never looked at it, as I said, as a business. I looked at it as I was bringing good tourism and getting global recognition to a country that needed it. Yeah. I mean, you go back 40 years ago into Baja, and you know there was only one road, and it was only paved about 20 miles. Right. It went past Ensenada for about 10 miles, and that was it. Yeah. And we opened up that peninsula. We really did. The off-roaders, you know, the Mexicans, they were on burros, and I'm not being condescending, but and they never went south. They went north. They right. wanted to come to our country. Of you course. know, yeah. we were the only idiots that went down there, and we were exploring and, and going out to the beach and the mines and doing all the things that we. We were able to do because we had four-wheel drive vehicles. We had um, ice chests. They didn't have. They didn't have those things. Yeah, you know, they yeah. were struggling. You know. Wow. So it was a, a great, great opportunity. I think I maximize it by my passion for it. And during that time, I did get married, and I am still married to the same lady. You know, and she was very <laughs> liberal with me to be able because you'd say. Well, where are you going? Well, I'm going down to look for a course. Well, when are you going to be back? I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, who, who do I call? You know, if, if if you don't come back in a week, well, I don't know because first of all, there's no phones. You yeah. know? I mean, it was, and she put up with a lot of crap. Let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, you know, here it is. Now she's putting up with me being home every day almost, and I'm not. I'm not sure if she's not saying after 40 years, don't you think you better get down there? You yeah, know? <laughs> you better get it in a car and go back to Mexico there, Sal. So, well, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, just absolutely fantastic, wonderful story. You know, what I'd love to do now is what I like to say is crawl under the hood and ask you to talk about 
some of the roads you've driven down and maybe talk about one great challenge, a great failure. Now, I know you're probably laughing when I say that because <laughs> the challenges that you took on to do what you did down there and with the people that you worked with were probably immense. But let's just try to focus in on one specific huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you faced. And, and the more important part of this has to do with how did you overcome it? What did you learn from it? Well, you know, first of all, we were making the rules you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't just me. I had, a, you know, just an incredible amount of people around me that were volunteers and that just loved being down in Mexico. And I gave, you know, let's face it, there, most people are emulators. There's only X number of people that could actually get in a race car that could either afford to do it or have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. You dream about That's I learned that at Peterson, you know. That's why you have a magazine. You have people, when we're sitting in Southern California and it's 75 or 80 degrees, they're in, you know, someplace in Wisconsin and they can't even get out of their house because the snow <laughs> is sitting there and they're looking at pages of automobiles, you know, yeah. and dreaming about when the, when the sun comes out, they're going to thaw off the windshield or whatever you got to do to get in their car and make <laughs> it look like a car from Southern California, right? Yeah. Well, that to me was exciting, and we, we were doing it. We were creating it here in Southern California, this sport and this adventure. So I think it gave me the opportunity to look at this as a global event, you know, and say, how do we, I get the most people? I wanted to, I, I, and, and let me, I'm digressing, I think. I looked at this thing that I was doing is that I was the owner of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And people would say, well, how come you have so many classes? Well, I learned this from Wally Parks, head of NHRA at the time. You know, they had a million classes. Well, I looked at it. I own a restaurant. I cook food. Now, if you come in and, and say you want a cheeseburger and the guy next to you wants a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm going to serve. Believe me, both of you guys are going to get what you want. Yeah. I'm never going to say, oh, no, no, I don't serve. That's my personality. I'm not going to say, if I have to go down to the street and buy a jar of peanut butter, I'm going to come back and sell you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because <laughs> that's, you know, you're my customer. Yep. So I always said the same thing with score. I said, you know, a guy comes to me and says, well, you know, I've always dreamed about it and I've got a hot mobile. Uh, I want to race in the Baja 1000. Can I? And I'd say, no question about it. But, you're going to have to put a roll cage in. My tech director is going to have to figure out what the weight of that vehicle is, what the kind of roll cage you have. I was very, very strict about our rules and regulations because it wasn't if you're going to crash. We know you're going to crash down <laughs> yeah. there, and you're and you're not going to pick up a phone and call the auto club to help you out. Right. You know, the distance were far, and you had to at least survive that crash so you get yourself out. Yeah. So my ruling was that, you know what, Hey, anybody, I don't care how many classes we have, what's the difference? I'm, I'm letting the guy live his, his dream, plus it's a customer to me. Yeah. And if, it, if people want to race in that class, great. But safety was the issue. You had to have a vehicle that we knew when you crashed, you'd have an opportunity of getting out of there, you mm -hmm. know, in the sure. roll cage and the things of that nature. So we were making the rules as, as we were going along. So mm. every day there was either you'd go five steps forward or ten back. Right. But you had to, at the end of the day, say, look, I've got to continue on because I've got a race coming up or I've got this. So it was, it was creating a new new adventure. And to me, the one that really sticks out is when – I started seeing about two years before the millennium, mm -hmm. you know, the year 2000, yeah. all these, I, I love to look at um, travel books and stuff. That's kind of 
you know, I'd, I'd do that in my spare time, which I never had, but <laughs> I'd do that and dream about going places. Yeah. And uh, I would see all of these places were sold out. People were going to go from seeing the sunrise to the sunset and the sunrise again on the year 2000. And, you know, and I said, well, wait a minute, what are we going to do? Why don't I do something spectacular? And that's when I came up with the idea of the 2000 race. Ah. And, uh, you know, that's and it. It took me two years to work on it, and that was a you know just an unbelievable. You know, that I would have to say, that was one of the most outstanding adventures I've ever had because I had to find you know here's a peninsula that's only really from tip to tip less than a thousand miles long. I had to figure out how to traverse it, transverse it, you know, back and forth, and do this and make it interesting right. and get close to 2,000. Well, I never made 2,000. I made 1,700 and something, but it was <laughs> plenty long, yeah. and it was incredible. I mean, to go down, find the route, you know, I started off, and it took me six weeks to wow. mark the course, uh, a million staples that just, you know, you're probably saying, what do you mean staples? Well, you know, I'd pound steaks in the ground, yeah. and not not you know eating steaks people think i go down and eat steak every night but <laughs> pounding wood steaks and putting arrows on it with directions that's how people knew we didn't have gps we right. didn't have any of that stuff yeah. so that to me was one of the highlights of, of and there's so many of them but that one really sticks out Mark. yeah oh absolutely i would call that one of your aha moments as well <laughs> as you exactly. move along and the aha moment is standing at the start line and then, you know, 82 hours later at the finish line, watching these guys come, come across the yeah. line and, oh and my gee, gosh. getting their stories. Every one of them had a unique story. Oh, yeah. It sounds fantastic. How about proudest career moments? Is there, I, you've had so many. I know all the things you've done, the accolades you've received, but is yeah. there one that stands out for you? Well, you know, I would say the fact that I was and still am the first non-Mexican to receive the Silver Helmet Award with the Automobile Associ the Automobile Club, like the FISA of Mexico. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, I've received three, three in a row. Oh, it's my gosh. Beautiful. In fact, I'm looking at my office here with the helmets. The <laughs> beautiful uh, silver helmet with a, uh, on, a, on a pedal stool. Yeah. And it's been only awarded to Latins. No other guy has ever won one. And to get three wow. was really something. So I was a guest in Mexico City, it's a sit-down, like an Oscar award type thing, you know, yeah. and it was very, a, a really, really, really great experience for me, and the amount of people that were there, and, you know, uh, the dignitaries of Mexico that were there, and the other racers from all forms of uh, sports in Mexico, all the racing events in Mexico, that have won the awards, it was, it's, Quite a quite a highlight for me. Well, that's absolutely fantastic, and congratulations on that. I mean, wow, what a wonderful honor! And to get three, oh my goodness, even yeah, better. Yeah, that even was, better. I mean, one was unbelievable. Then to you know, back it up two more times was was pretty <laughs> pretty astounding to me. And you know, along with that, you know, again, I'm not going to go into the every award I won, but I think you know, being inducted in the Off Road Hall of Fame, you know, is something that what the caliber of people, you know, Parnelli Jones, Mickey Thompson, Walker Evans, uh, Ivan Stewart, you know, those types of people. Yeah, that really, I'm very proud of that, and also the fact of being the 
awarded, you know, with BF Goodrich and their awards that they give out, which is incredible man of the year. And uh, just, cool. I, I've had some, you know, as I said, I've just had some great experiences. Well, gosh, 40 plus years. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's go back a ways in time. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your first really special car and maybe <laughs> share a memory you have with that vehicle. Oh, I do. I have a memory. My <laughs> Uh, as I said, you know, I wasn't a gearhead, but, you know, being in Southern California, you know, you had to have a car, yeah. right? And oh, yeah. I went to an all-boys school, Loyola High School, and, uh, it, you know, it was a pretty cool little school back then. Mm-hmm. And, well, it still is. It's a very nice school here in Southern California. But anyway, I dreamed about my first car, you know, and then you could have a get a learner's permit at, I believe it was 15 yeah. or 15 and a half, uh-huh. and you could drive with an adult that had a license or you waited until you were 16 and got your own license. Well, I started looking for a car when I was 14, <laughs> and I wanted to pay for it myself, you know, and I saved enough money. I had $400. Nice. And um, I bought a 47 Ford Coupe, little two-door, uh-huh. when I was 14 and a half. My parents let me buy it, and uh, we had a not a palatial, not a big home or anything, but we had a, a, a kind of a long driveway from the front of the street to the the back, that's when you had alleys, and they oh, had a yeah. two-car uh-huh. garage. Classic uh, and, Southern California house. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mom and dad used to let me back it up and drive it forward in the in the driveway. <laughs> cool. They wouldn't let me take it out on the street because I didn't have a license or a learner's permit. Yeah. But I did take that car, the engine down, as a little V8, you know, took it down completely at my dad's garage and polished, because and, I am kind of a neat freak, okay? <laughs> and I polished and cleaned every possible thing on that engine and put it back in that, that car. Nice. And we, I had it reupholstered with, uh, you know, it was uh, tuck and roll leather, white, white and dark blue. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, midnight blue car, and I put Merkley taillights on the back, those and things, and it just, it was a cherry little car. And that, yeah. I, I mean, I love that car. I wish... I still had it, obviously, but the thing that really gives me the pleasure, I went to Loyola High School with it, spent uh, four years there, I sold it to a junior, and it stayed in that high school as the car, and this is, you know, back in, I graduated in 57, so I'm talking about 50, what, four years of high school? That's 50, yeah, so that's about 59 you know. years ago. <laughs> yeah, but it stayed at Loyola High School because that gentleman that bought it, that kid that bought it, when he turned a senior, he sold it to a junior, ah. and it was kind of the car to have at yeah. Loyola. Very and, cool. Uh, it went on that I heard about for like 25 years. Oh, my gosh. That car being driven <laughs> by someone at Loyola. And I don't, I don't know why I haven't pursued trying to, with a, because I think I have the original license plate number on it, trying to go into the DNV and see if it's still around. Because yeah. I would love to have that car. It's, it was beautiful. And I've got, I've had guys call me as recent as, you know, let's say 10 years ago saying, you know, uh, I own that car back in 70, whatever it was. And I, and I know that it was yours. And I just wanted to tell you I had fun with it. You know, nice. That was that one is of such, those moments. That is really <laughs> cool. Now, is that my next question for people's typically buyer's remorse question? I'm sorry, is seller's remorse question. Is there a car you've <laughs> let go that you really wish you had back? Is that the car? Well, you know, I I had, again, this is kind of crazy that I'm hearing myself talking. Like I, I said, I'm not a gearhead, but I did. I always had nice wheels, you mm-hmm. know, so I went from that 47 Ford to a 
let me see, the next car, I believe, I had, I bought uh, two. Okay, then I went up to the USF and I bought a, a, a Volkswagen, a regular little Beetle, yeah, yeah okay. and drove that because I didn't need a car up in San Francisco. You know, that was it was so different than Southern California. You know, but but I needed to come back and forth, and I'd fly or drive that yeah. for four years. And then I had two fifty-seven Chevys, a a forty Ford Woody, sixty-three Vet. Uh, <laughs> you had some cool stuff. Yeah, I, I had some cool cars, and any one of those. You know, <laughs> yeah. would, would I would love to have, but sitting in my garage right now, believe it or not, I've got my wife's her first car that she bought, and she still has, it, and I restored it not you know to a concourse, but to a drivable, beautiful, back to original everything uh-huh. is a '67 uh, uh, Firebird convertible. Oh, cool! And it is really nice. You know, it's the original red Firebird red with a white top. It's got the original white top, the original white interior. And it's a cool car. Nice. It really is. And we drive it. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cool car. <laughs> now, here's a very introspective question for you, Sal. If Sal was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Well, I, I'm of Italian heritage. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say I would want to be a Dino Ferrari. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always wanted a Ferrari. And while I was at Peterson, and the reason I said to Dino, <laughs> I had, I was at the New York Auto Show, back with Mr. Peterson, Margie Peterson out there, and we were going through the, the, the show, and we were the, you know, celebrities walking up and down the aisle and all that stuff. And uh, I did meet, at that time, the, I think, I don't know, the chairman of the board of Ferrari. Uh-huh. And they, he wanted to, and Peterson, you know, was very gracious. I never, for... I never owned a car from after I got to Peterson because they gave them to you. You know, oh, you nice. had every car manufacturer wanted to give you a car yeah. to drive for the year because they had figured they'd get a good article on it. So for that time period, and through Score also because we had sponsored trucks and stuff, you know. So I really didn't have to go buy a car, and people couldn't get over to say, "Well, what is your car?" And I said, "Well, this year it's a Toyota because I'm driving." You know, the Toyota pickup trucks, uh-huh. you know, they're my sponsor for 10 years, or it's a Ford, or it's a Chevy, or it's a Dodge, or whatever it is. It was my sponsor. But I always, if I said I was going to buy a car, I'd buy a Ferrari and, yeah. and a Dino, because as I said, when I was at the auto show, the guy wanted to give me one. And I said, you know, at that time, I said, I really don't need a car. Oh. Can you believe this? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not kidding you. I said, you know, oh, I don't, I don't have a garage to put it in, and I'm never home, and blah, 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 and I... Pontiac has just given me a new Pontiac Grand Prix and blah, 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 and Cadillac oh wants to give me. Yeah, and I said, no, that's, I, that's a really nice offer, but thank you. But I think if I were really to put my hand in my pocket today and buy a car, it would be a Ferrari. But I'd want to drive it. That's the problem. Yeah. And here in L.A., I would go nuts because I'd want it immaculate. I'd want a manservant to, you know, <laughs> spend it time in the garage with it. So when I got up in the morning, it was absolutely immaculate. Yeah. And I could drive it, and he would stand guard to it when I parked it where I was going. Oh, so that, that's, yeah. that's my answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the challenge with a Ferrari and with somebody who loves to take care of their cars. Well, yeah. Sal, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's... Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, 
on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of MetroVac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. MetroVac is the right choice. Learn more today at MetroVac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CarsYad.com slash sponsors. All right, Sal, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Uh Uh-huh. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Take care of your automobile. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially if it's a Ferrari Dino. (laughs) (laughs) Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Um, Fairness and honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your friendliness has a little bit to do (laughs) with that as well. You're just one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Early on, there was, you know, there was my mentors. There was Mr. Peterson and and, and Dick Day and, and... the people in the automotive industry, then I mm-hmm. think I became that person yeah. in the in the off road thing that people oh, would yeah. come to me. But I I love to read and I and I and I read everything. You know, I'm not just uh, you know a a car buff reader. I you know I read novelists that you know write about things currently, and I like to look at the magazines. I I think I'm the only guy in Malibu that still gets the L.A. Times and gets a newspaper <laughs> every morning. Yeah. You know, I don't go online and look at it. So yeah. I would say you know just if whatever your passion is i would say you you don't you're not scared or frightened to ask questions of people that are in the industry and and you listen to them and you make the decision what you want to do with that information yeah. well i'm glad you mentioned books because that's my next question and that is i know if you read a lot you'll probably have a hard time selecting one but is yeah. there one book perhaps you've read recently that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading as well well i love Ken Follick, you know, and all of him, he's, you know, written all kinds of, of, of books. But I, I would say, you know, what I really enjoyed was uh, Gunbroken, you know, the uh, about Zambini, you know, the, the World War II. It's very good, very good book, and, and there's a message there. And then I backed it up with uh, The Boys in the Boat, which is about rowing. And again, it's that never give up, that attitude oh, yeah. of, you I know, see you got to hang in there. Yeah, 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 perfect. I love it. Well, <laughs> well, listeners, you can find links to these great resources at carsyad.com slash salfish. And there's also a great place on the Carsyad website called Guest Recommended Books, where these books and all the past Guest Recommended Books are on the website with quick links so you can get your hands on all these wonderful reading materials. All right, Sal, we're up to what I call the checkered flag. I think you may have already answered this question, but we'll see how you do. If you could have one collector car and only one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. What? (laughs) I'm a nice guy, aren't I? You are. (laughs) I'm going to go check the mail. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, checks in the mail. Right, buddy. (laughs) 
<laughs> what would that one vehicle be and why? It, it would have to be a Dino Ferrari. A and Dino, if you say, yeah. Well, what year? I, I, you know, is all I know is I think I would look cool in that, and I want, and I would enjoy driving it around. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the Dino is a special place in my heart. Back when I was a kid, when I had a detailing business, I had a client down there in. Uh, South Mission Beach, Sam Salemi, who had a uh, Dino Ferrari, and he used, oh, to, let, he used to let me uh, drive my ride my bike to his house, and I'd drive that back to my house in, in La Jolla, oh. where I detailed. Of course, I always took the long way over Mount Soledad, <laughs> you know, to get back to the house, but they are really, really beautiful cars, and unfortunately, nowadays, they've become very expensive cars. They, yes, you know, yeah. They, they, weren't that exp- they were kind of the, uh, the bastard step- stepchild of Ferrari for a long time, because they didn't right. even have a Ferrari name tag on them, but uh, people have finally figured out like you and I did a long time ago, just how special <laughs> these cars are. So I think that's a great choice, Sal. Beautiful car. You're going to look wonderful in that Dino. I would just advise <laughs> you when you, you leave your house here in Malibu, turn right and go north. Don't go left. <laughs> into, don't go left into L.A. <laughs> and, that is, and as you know, that is a absolutely up towards Point Magoo. Oh, and that is a gorgeous drive. I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe you could take it back into the hills. You know, Mulholland there. And, oh yeah, 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 right through Canaan and over the hills, and and be like everybody else, race through the canyon. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Sal, you have been so much fun to talk to today. I knew we'd have a great time here, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for taking all of us along on your journey through Baja with us today. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive up up, up the Pacific Coast Highway in your Dino <laughs> Ferrari? First of all, traveling, if you're going someplace, you know, if you're a good person where you live, you're going to be a good person to the place you go to. And I think you respect the country you're going to go into, mm-hmm. be a good person. I, I certainly recommend that anyone that's listening to this thing, if they want to go down to Baja and just have a great time to go down and see one of the races, either the Score Baja 1000 or the 500 or the San Felipe event, and you'll have a great experience. But make sure you realize you're in a foreign country and you'll not have a problem if you conduct yourself in a nice manner. Absolutely. Very good advice. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything Sal has shared with us today at CarsDad.com. Just put Sal, S-A-L, in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Is there a good way for listeners to learn more about uh, the Baja 1500 score these days? They have a great website? Well, uh, you know, uh, RaceDesert.com mm-hmm. is, is a very good uh, website that not only talks about SCORE, but talks about the other organizations. There, You know, there's High Desert, there's Casey Folks' operation out of Nevada mm-hmm. that puts on the Mint 400 and uh, races there. There's a lot of off-road tours and a lot of motorcycle events that take place. I would strongly urge going on the website of Race Desert, spelled D-E-Z-E-R-T, mm-hmm. dot com, and also the SCORE International website. I am not that familiar with it now because I've been away from it. It'll be actually three years, which I can't believe uh, <laughs> yeah. next month. And I've kind of purposely, to be honest with you, you know, that was my life. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, I, I know what's going on in the sport and I, I've stayed very in tune with the people of Baja because I have a lot of friends down there. In fact, yeah. I do have a home in La Paz, so I get an opportunity to go down there and enjoy <laughs> the fruits of my work in there that country yeah. whenever I want. So, but I, I would uh, racedesert.com. If you want to kind of stay on top of everything in the sport, I think that would be a good place for your uh, listeners to go to. Fantastic. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to that site and everything else. 
and so kind to share with us today at carsyeah.com. Sal, thanks again for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your incredible experiences with our listeners and with me. It's been so much fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down that dirt road. Thank you very much, Mark. And I want to thank uh, Marty, if you're listening, Fioka, for introducing us at the Rensport event, which was a great time. Let me tell you, we could have a whole other show about talking about that. Oh, my gosh. Rensport (laughs) was incredible. (laughs) There you go. Nice. That that was cool. (laughs) Yeah, very nice. Well, shout out to Marty. Thank you, Marty. And uh, again, Sal, thanks so much. This has been great. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.